0: This is the Thrive Podcast with Shiloh Missionary Baptist Church, and now, Pastor Fred Jeff Smith. Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Thrive Podcast with the Shiloh Missionary Baptist Church. I'm Fred Jeff Smith, pastor of Shiloh, and I am very delighted that you chose to either view or listen to this week's podcast, and I'm very happy to have as my guest today uh, a member of the Shiloh Missionary Baptist Church and a community activist and educator, uh, the founding, uh, the founder of the Upstage Theater Group and uh, the principal leader of that group, Dr. Ava Turner. Thank you so much for being with us today, Dr. Turner. And thank
1: you for having me. And
0: I need to say that Dr. Turner is uh, Terrence Turner's mother. Uh, Terrence Turner is our audiovisual minister. You remember Terrence from early on in the podcast when he was one of my guests, and he's back there beaming (laughs) like all get out because his mom is a guest today. Okay. Again, thank you so much for joining us today. You're welcome. Tell us about upstage theater. How did that come about? I know that you're an educator, but you, you obviously have a heart for the arts and for theater and uh, for plays and things of that sort. How did upstage theater come about?
1: Uh, well, first of all, I... Well, my family and I relocated to Baton Rouge in 1985. And during the time, we we relocated here from Memphis, Tennessee. There was not a black theater company. Always been involved in theater, taught theater. So when we moved here, I started in my living room. I started a small little group. Is that right? That's exactly correct. And used my fireplace as a platform. Mm. Well, during this time, uh, I was very involved with the fourth district. So we were, you know, of course, utilizing the fourth district on Prescott. Yes. During that time. And so I, I've got a group of of young people and we started just performing for the fourth district and then we branched out and we had an opportunity to go to some other churches in other cities we performed in independence and hammond uh new orleans alexandria uh from people that i knew so they would call and say well this is Friends Day or Family Day or Women's Day, and they would invite us to come. Mm -hmm. So from there, of course, we did not have a place to call home. Mm -hmm. And in 2002, we officially moved into the location at 1713 Wooddale. Yes, ma'am. And we were there until we relocated to Cortana Mall, October of 2017.
0: Yes, ma'am. So. You have enjoyed uh, great success. Uh, yes, sir, I've I have. been able to uh, participate, well, not participate, but to witness yes. uh, several. Of and the you plays. have participated. I did participate you in sure one. did. I, I do recall. That's right, that. you did. Uh, I, I, I had the role of playing a preacher, which I guess is not too far removed exactly. from what I do on a regular <laughs> basis. Yes. But tell me about uh, your your ideology behind the plays that you produce uh there are all types of plays yes uh that can be produced comedies dramas uh docudramas i guess you would call them uh, biographies yes. things having to do with real life individuals what's your personal preference with regard to plays
1: we host, Upstage Theater Company, host an emerging playwright project every year. We accept scripts from all over the United States, and we read them, we select scripts. What we do, I decide upon a theme mm-hmm. for every season. There's a theme. Our theme this year is Family Ties. Okay. And what I look for, I look for pieces that touch the heart, that touch the community, that tell a story. Mm-hmm. Um I always try to include a piece that deals with family, education, religion, politics, mm-hmm. and we couple all of that and we come up with a season. Mm-hmm. So everybody that knows me and that have worked with me, they know that I'm very particular about what I produce on stage because I know that it is a reflection of me regardless of who's involved, who's on the stage, who's behind the curtain. Right. Ultimately, it will always be Dr. Turner did this. So I'm very, very particular about what I produce. So when I'm reading scripts or I've, uh, I've heard a script or someone recommend a script to me, I read it, and my thought is how will this touch the community? What is the message that I want to mm-hmm. portray on mm-hmm. stage? Because we know that theater is a slice of life, yes. and we are presenting that on stage. We're telling the story. So that's why... To me, when I select a season, we do five shows a year, and each of those shows, as I said, will reflect one of those topics. And I want that to be something that I will not be ashamed for my mom to come mm-hmm. and sit in the audience to mm-hmm. enjoy. So that's how I what, – what is the message – I, I'm looking at, you know, language. Is it music? Uh, will the, the youth be interested in it? Mm-hmm. Is it something that will uh, bring the community together? If, is it something an uh, issue that's going on in our right. in our city right now? Right. So that's what I like to bring to the stage.
0: Right now in the city of Baton Rouge, is there are any number of of what I call social justice issues. Uh, that are out there yes. that uh, we have to deal with. Uh, there's police reform. Uh, there's the St. George breakaway or, or the intended St. George breakaway. There's uh, charter schools and there are ROLE WITH REGARD TO THE PUBLIC SCHOOL SYSTEM, Uh, THE RECENT TAXES THAT PASSED FOR THE SCHOOL SYSTEM, ONLY TO COME BACK AND FIND OUT THAT TEACHERS ARE STILL HAVING TO MARCH IN ORDER TO GET PAY RAISES. NOT QUITE SURE HOW THAT WORKS ITSELF OUT. Uh, THERE'S THE STATE GOVERNMENT uh, STILL TRYING TO FIGURE OUT HOW THEY'RE GOING TO COVER A $600 MILLION HOLE IN THEIR BUDGET BETWEEN NOW AND JULY. First, there's the ongoing tension that exists between uh, Mayor-President Sharon weston Broome and the Metro Council, which is majority uh, white. I'm, I'm asking, when you sit down and you review plays, mm-hmm. uh, things of that sort, uh, are you reading to see how much of these current events are found in the plays in that the you script. produce? Yes, sir.
1: A few years ago, Pastor Smith, we presented a show called Zoom Man and the Sign. That show was so touching in that there was a murder of a little girl on the sidewalk, and the people in the community saw what happened, but they were afraid of this gang leader because they did not want him to come and harm their family. Mm-hmm. No one would talk to the police. Mm-hmm. Um, we have crime stoppers. You right. know, we see that all of the time. Just call the number. No one would say anything to the police. And the, the, the gangster, if you will, was called Zoo Man. What the father of this child did, this murdered child did, he made this huge sign, and he placed it on the front of his house that says, my daughter Jenny was murdered. And no one in my community will say anything. So Zoo Man started with his rounds telling, you know, his constituents or whatever, let him know that he better take that sign down. Mm-hmm. And so dust Zoo Man in and the sign. That show was touching because we, what we did, we ran that show for three nights. And each night we had a talk back following it, and we invited a couple of police officers um community activists, we had some school teachers, and we had some families there that had lost loved ones due to gun violence. Mm-hmm. It was awesome mm-hmm. for that particular season so again when when I read these scripts, I want something that's touching. I don't want to just do a show for entertainment purposes right and that's one of the ones now recently in february uh... we produced a show my juilliard and my juilliard was about alzheimer's disease and we had a talk back we were fortunate to have uh... Christy Knuckles from the Baton Rouge area Alzheimer's. We had a talk back and we had families that were dealing with that, and she was able to share information. And we were also fortunate to have the playwright. She flew down from New York, mm-hmm. and she was in the audience with us that night. Okay. So, hence again, this is what I'm looking for to pull my season together mm-hmm. because I want it to be something that— the community is interested in, and when that trip to the theater that they leave empowered, or it gives them, um, it gives them something to go. I think it was um, uh, what was his name with late night something to say. Mm. Oh,
0: Arsenio Hall. Arsenio Hall yes. that makes
1: you go. Mm. <laughs> so I like to leave that 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 lasting something lasting with those patrons that come, yes, purchase a ticket, come in and sit down and enjoy an evening at the theater. I want them to leave with something.
0: Your your, your production company, yes, uh, dealing with the issues that you raise, you say you have a theme every year yes, sir. Uh, that you uh, lift up through the plays that you produce. Um, how do you see, or do you see, the church playing a role in helping to lift up those themes, uh, helping to, uh, give support to the arts, uh, to, to the plays that are being produced, uh, particularly the African American church. You know, there was a time, as I'm sure you know, uh, where the church was the hub of everything that took place in exactly. the African American exactly. community. Exactly. It
1: was the now, church.
0: Times have changed and, mm-hmm. and, uh, we have opportunities uh, to experience different things from different venues, uh, and, and the church is no longer essential to these kinds of activities taking place. The fact that the church is no longer essential does not mean that the church should not seek out a role. I'm asking you, as a lifelong member of the church, uh, what, do you, what do you wish If you had a wish to make, what do you wish that the church would do with regard to lifting up the arts, not just plays, but music and uh, uh, artistic expression through canvas and through dance and other things? What do you wish that the church would do to help uh, convey a message of support for the arts?
1: Embrace the organizations that are embracing the arts. Case in point, Upstage Theater tried to host an arts camp this summer, Mm -hmm. applied for grants, and was turned down. Mm -hmm. Okay. Without funding, we can't do this, you know. I can do this all day long, Pastor Smith, by myself, because I have a passion for it. Mm -hmm. I love doing it. I can teach public speaking. I can teach communication. I can teach characterization. I can do it all. Mm -hmm. But when I... When I see young people that I know are so talented, and I've done this before, and I'll see them at church, oh, I I heard you sing. You have a beautiful voice. Oh, my gosh, you articulate so well. Mm -hmm. Come to the theater, Mm -hmm. and then, you know, let us embrace these young people, but we need the church to embrace us as well. Mm -hmm. We need the church to be in partnership with these arts organizations, Mm -hmm. not just Upstage, but Upstage, my church, but with these arts organizations to be, to help with a foundation. Mm -hmm. And you remember, you don't have to say i when we used to have easter programs yes. and christmas programs yes. we had to learn our speeches yes. uh, you know the old people would say recitations yes. we would ha- and you didn't have a script or a piece of paper you knew it yes. because we would come to church and we would rehearse that that was the foundation when i when i started with the fourth district back in you know we were going to all of these different churches and i was pulling these pieces together most of them i was writing them myself mm-hmm. and of course there were messages we we did one piece called Ten Miles of Jericho, and it was the parable of the Good Samaritan and by the wayside, and, you know, then somebody saw it and they asked. To, but we were kind of based with with them, and the 4th District was, was with us. Mm-hmm. So in terms of the church being a part, we need the church to play a role in, you know, with the summer camps, partnering with an organization and say, hey— We're going to partner with the organization. We can provide this. We can do this because we can get the children, Mm -hmm. but all of the time we can't stand alone by ourselves. So hence, we are able to have a huge production, maybe the history of Shiloh Baptist Church. Mm -hmm. We could write that script and we could present it for all of Baton Rouge and we can involve so many other entities in that. But our basis would be because my church embraced it Mm -hmm. and we can make it a huge production and everybody involved would be a part of the church the musicians the the liturgical dancers the choir everybody would be a part of that because the church would embrace that and that's what we're liking and it's like everybody is so separate you know, we have an entity over here, we have one over here, and we have one over here, and we have everybody kinda pulling in different directions. Mm-hmm. But I think if we if we just embrace the arts, every part of it, as you mentioned, art. Music. Uh, Our camp this summer was going to include digital arts where Terrence was going to teach the kids. We were going to let them write the script. We were going to do the scene. He was Mm going to film it. And guess what? We were going to put it on DVD. They were going to be able to (laughs) see it, you know? (laughs) So all of this we put together, we wrote it. But we just need someone, again, to embrace the arts Mm -hmm. where we would be able to present this. Mm -hmm. And not just in the summer, I just want to see this being year-round. Mm-hmm. Just not the summer when the kids are out of school, but year-round because I know every all students are not involved in sports. They're right. all not in piano or right. dance. And there are some students they love to speak, you know, poetry. I've had some young people that were just wonderful poets and they just need a platform. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm so thankful now that the Lord has blessed me to have a place large enough because I was at 1713 Wooddale for 15 years in my little black box with 50 seats and so now we have about 200 seats but we just need the community to embrace us where we can continue you know nurturing all of these talents for these young people
0: yeah yeah
1: that makes sense
0: it it does okay uh the you know money is always the challenge
1: always the challenge definitely
0: uh in bible study here regularly uh, because people always cringe when the preacher brings up money. Certainly, oh, Lord, here he goes. He's going yeah. to try to get me to give some more money to the church. But there is no ministry without money. Exactly. Uh, all the things that we want... The church to be a part of all the, the 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 side conversations that you hear whenever somebody brings up there's a problem with the church ought to do something about that okay the church can only respond to so many problems right. and the church can only respond when there are dollars available exactly. that allow us to respond yes you can respond with sweat equity yes uh but but beyond sweat equity you need dollars yes. in order to make ministry work. Right. And what I'm hearing you say is that just like that is true for ministry within the church, that is true for theater and for yes. the arts yes. as, well. as well. And so as the church wants its members to support uh, the the ministry of the church uh, financially through good stewardship, use a nice yes. biblical word for yes. that stewardship. <laughs> then 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 theater needs that same kind the of financial same. support. You yes. you're not opposed to sweat equity at all, not but at all. but you also need dollars yes, b- b- beyond sweat equity. You need some dollars yes. behind that. Yes. You, you you brought up the fact that. Uh, you would like to see this go on beyond summer camps. Yeah. You'd like to see this become a year-round venture. You're an educator, a retired educator. Yes. Uh, 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 make sure you get the retired part <laughs> in there. Uh, one of the riffs I went on a couple of weeks ago, I can't remember who it was that I had as a guest, uh, is this idea that, that we still stick to this agrarian nine-month uh, uh, school year I think that that dates all the way back to when you needed young people to be out in the field and and help the harvest and what have you. So you went to school for nine months and were out harvesting for the the other three. I I don't know anybody who harvests. Uh, I'm sure that there's somebody out there who does it, but most of us don't do that. Louisiana ranks near the bottom or at the bottom in almost every relevant statistical category when it comes to education. What do you think as an educator, I know I have my own opinion, but I'm not a professional educator, so I'm going to ask a professional educator, what do you think uh, about my idea, and and, and certainly it's not original with me, that we need to get away from the nine-month school year and go to year-round school? And year-round school has been around for 40 years in other parts of the country, Mm -hmm. but it was never embraced here in Louisiana, at least not in any significant way that I'm aware of. If we consistently rank at the bottom, 49th or 50th, where we're always saying thank God for Mississippi because they're at least one rung below us. Us, exactly. (laughs) Would it not make sense for us to at least experiment with an idea uh, like year-round schooling uh, to give our children a better opportunity to learn the things that they need to learn, that they might be able to uh, put themselves in position to succeed more as they become adults in society?
1: Definitely. I agree and i I've, I've heard too too many of my colleagues in the past talk about work overload, you know. It's it's too much and time is always important. What you do with the time that you have. Mm-hmm. So if you're in school for 4 hours or 5 hours a day, i say this all the time, what am i doing in those 5 hours? What what have i at the end of the five hours, what have I accomplished? Mm -hmm. So my thinking is, if we could experiment one year Mm -hmm. to test this year-round school, because now we have so much at our fingertips, so much. You know, when I was in school, we had typewriters. Now we have computers. We have everything just right at our fingertips. We can communicate across the world in a matter of seconds we are again far so far behind as you mentioned but now we have so much to work with we have so many programs that we can we can experiment with within our schools, and I don't think there would be too many people opposed. Maybe some students, I'm sure, opposed to keeping our students in school year round, testing that mm-hmm. to see where we are. Because there's so much that I can do in my five hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, the schools that are on block, you don't see your students every day. You may see them two, you know, two times a week, maybe Monday, Wednesday. I won't see you again, right. but. I think that we could really progress because we would have so much more to offer our students in the time that we would have them. And then with testing that for one year, I think it would be a great, I personally, I would love if I was still teaching, Mm -hmm. if I was. (laughs) She had to pause. I had to pause.
0: I really don't want to say,
1: (laughs) but no, seriously, you know, all of the educators that I know have a passion for what they're doing. Sure. We love what we do. Sure. And, you know, when I was working, Pastor Smith, I was the talented theater teacher, and I would go between three schools a day, leave one school, go to this school, go to And it's like I couldn't wait because – and then as we were nearing, say we're, you're nearing the end of the school year, I'm like, okay, there's so much more I could have done. Mm-hmm. You know, school is out now. We got the rush to do this. But I'm mm-hmm. thinking, what if I had a couple of more months whereby I would be able to complete this production? We would be able to go to Disney and produce this production, or we could go to New York and produce this production. I would love to have taken those students to Carnegie Hall, mm-hmm. you know, and our mantra, mantra, how do you get to Carnegie Hall? Work, work, work. That's yes. how you get. So once we end the school year in May, we leave that gap, and I've heard so many students say, I forgot that. Right. Oh, you know, I, I that, forgot that. I that you
0: spend the first six weeks trying to get kids to catch up. Trying to settle yeah. in,
1: really, and, you know, when you get them back in August, You're going to go right into a holiday in September, and then you you have a few weeks, and you're going right into Thanksgiving in November, and then you have a couple of weeks, and you're into the Christmas holiday, and you're out of school. Right. So I'm thinking all of that, and I think that it would be worth an experiment to try just to see— from starting in August and take us from August to August. You know, we have breaks in between, and this is me and I'll probably get jumped on by a lot of educators.
0: The way I see it, and again, I'm not a professional educator, and somebody's gonna say, then you need to be quiet. Yes. I'm I'm sorry if I sound too ignorant about this whole topic, but we have a version of year-round schooling anyway. We do. Kids got out of school in May, and we have academic summer camps going on June, July, yeah. right into to August the start of school year. So if you're going to put them in academic summer camps, why not just keep them in, in the school, school system? Exactly. You are absolutely correct. And that okay. is a wonderful Now, you point. heard that, right? I am yes. absolutely, absolutely correct Absolutely correct. Right. Yes. Well, that, yeah. that, that, that's good. Okay, so we've yes. solved that problem. <laughs> that, that world problem has been solved. We're, we're, Definitely. We're, we're, we're going to employ year-round yes. school. Yeah, I
1: think it's great. <laughs>
0: As an educator, as an entrepreneur, because upstage theater is a business, uh, aside from the artistic side of it, there's a business aspect of it. As a mentor of young African-American minds, as a wife and a mother, what do you see as the biggest obstacles to... African-American success in the year 2018?
1: I think we are our own worst enemies, because we will not support each other.
0: Elaborate, please.
1: Um, when we decided to compete in 2015 in the state of Louisiana, American Association of Community Theatre, which we've been a member for a number of years, I think there's only two other black theater companies in the state of louisiana that are that are members of this organization and the the our region held the festival in Alexandria at the downtown Coughlin Center, mm-hmm. and we did a show we took our show' and we competed we won mm-hmm. beat out all the other white companies. We were the only ones, black company there, beat them out. Um, which, mean, which meant that we had to represent the state of Louisiana in Albuquerque, New Mexico. So we had to go to Albuquerque. We had to raise money to get to Albuquerque. We couldn't even get people to donate money for us. And I'm thinking people would be so proud. Mm-hmm. Gosh, here you guys are. You went and you beat all these other theater companies and now you're going to Albuquerque and it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Didn't happen. <laughs> we got money from white companies, Pastor Smith, and we could not get. And I'm again, this is, I'm telling you, this, is <laughs> what happened? Right. Um. Uh. I don't know how you all are gonna get there. Uh, well, how how you all gonna get there? We got there. We 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 flew to Albuquerque, and then we had two of our actors that drove the van with the props and the costume in the van. And the rest of us, we sold dinners. We did car. We did what we could do to get there. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why it is, but it is. And everybody that's listening to me, if you have a business, they know exactly what I'm talking about. You cannot get the support, and that is very troubling. It it hurt. It hurts. It hurts you that you cannot get the support uh, that you need from your community. Yeah,
0: And that's true. Uh, There's a version of that 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 I lament about with regard to church attendance and church membership. That uh, there's a small, uh, by most estimates, 15 uh, uh, percent, that's relatively small, number of African-Americans who have left the African-American church. Church. Not for no church at all, but to join churches uh, Mm -hmm. that... Uh, have white leadership, yes. white pastors, white yeah. staff, what have you, and and I lament that uh, all the time, and and it's you know I, intellectually I recognize that every person has right to choose Certainly. where they want Certainly. to worship, but it is a somewhat hurtful thing yes. on 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 a visceral level, on on a human yes. level, and, and you see it as a rejection yes. of 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 black. Uh, leadership, whether that be leadership in business, whether yes. that be leadership in politics, or whether that be leadership within the church, that, that, that it's a rejection yes. of, of black leadership. Uh, so I, I know how that feels from my perspective. Yes. I can only imagine when you have uh, invested not just your time and your talent, yes. but you've invested your dollars yes. into something. Uh, with the expectation yes. that uh, people will appreciate the quality of and what you offer and yes, support it, exactly. uh, to have that support not come, it, it, it has to be a most frustrating yes. thing. What do we do to to turn that around? You know, a, as a businesswoman, you have to deal with this on a regular mm-hmm. basis. How how do we turn that around? How is it that we tell our children go to school, get educated, get Get proficient, uh, become doctors, lawyers, mm-hmm. architects, accountants, uh, whatever it is. Pursue your dreams, yes. and yet, when they become these things, we will not support them in their professional endeavors uh, as a as an African American community.
1: Uh, I don't know. We've gotten comfortable. At the race, we, we're we're so comfortable, and I say that all I, I say that because I had this conversation just a couple of days ago. I was talking to this lady, and I told her my niece that lives in Chicago. I said she's coming to school. She's 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 going to be a freshman at Grambling mm-hmm. in August, and she said I just can't figure out for the life of me she's passing all of those wonderful schools passing them by to come all the way down there to that little school i mean there are plenty good white schools and the, you know this is where she used and it's 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 almost like everything that we own or we try to own or that we it's second class yes. yes it's it's never up to the standards yes So I pray a lot, you know, and I always try to stay positive and I always look for, you know, the light somewhere that Mm -hmm. it's going to change for this reason. Mm -hmm. And if I, you know, if I present it this way, it's going and and, and I, I, I thought about that. I'm not going to do anything any differently. I'm not, and I'm, you know, I'm constantly listening, listening to people gripe about everything's leaving North Baton Rouge, and the, and why are they doing this? Why, you know? And I'm like, okay, I got this wonderful art center over here that we opened, <laughs> you know, and okay, so we're available, we advertise, you know, come, have your function here, do this here, right. you know, so, you no. Know,
0: Here's yeah. my question. When did Cortana become North Baton Rouge? I don't know. <laughs> you know I've lived here my entire I, life. And I'm not good with I remember geographic. when Cortana was, was li- built. It was not North North Baton 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 Rouge. Rouge. North Baton Rouge didn't start until you crossed Airline Highway. Okay, and Oaks was North Baton Rouge. Zion City City. was North Baton Rouge. Banks, Southern Heights, Crestworth, that was North Baton Rouge. All the way up Thomas Road until you got into Baker. And then once you got into Baker, well now you're in. You're telling me to his. But at some point, point, Cortana became North Baton Rouge. And this is—I don't know. People because have drawn this line. Blind, and they have said I, that everything that is north of Florida Boulevard is, is north, north Baton Rouge. Baton Rouge. Yes. Well, I I'm just don't know when that happened. And
1: I don't—I don't know.
0: I, I really don't. I, I i don't know either. I don't know. And—and—and and, and to see the fact that 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 we—you mentioned Ballmerche. Yeah. I remember when Ballmerche was a shopping center. Yes. B- before they converted it to, into to a, mall. a mall, it was the first mall. Of Baton Rouge. Baton Rouge and it started one. off as a shopping center. Mm-hmm. You had a J.C. Penney over here, you had a D.H. Holmes over there, you had a Montgomery Ward over there, you had a couple of strips uh-huh. running in between. And then they came and they put a roof over it and they called and they it a mall. A mall. Mm-hmm. And that was the only mall that we had until mm-hmm. I was 15 years old when they built Cortana. Now Cortana is what, 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 what. Chris Rock calls the mall that white people used to go to. Uh-huh. <clears throat> you know, mm-hmm. Every city has two malls, the mall that white folk go to and, and the, mall the mall that white world folk world used, world used to, go to go to. Well, well, Cortana has become the mall that white folk used to go yes. to, and now it's Mall of Louisiana. And guess what? It's starting to have problems, yes. too. Yes, 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 I'm hearing. I just don't know when when, when I, this I, happened, that, that, that we have become uh, the kind of community that we have come, that we can just abandon a group of people uh, in their economic state, yeah. and say, let them fend yeah, for, for themselves. themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, no business, yeah. no restaurant, yeah. no industry, yeah. no health care, little police. Support, Support, little fire support, Support, Uh, no support for the public schools that are up there. We just passed a tax to spend money uh, south of town uh, where where, where much of what's going to be spent is going to end up being a part of St. George, which is going to come about the next three to five years. But we won't spend any money. It wasn't even on the books to spend money for the schools that exist in North Baton Rouge. When did we allow this to happen? and where is our morality? We, 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 we want to talk about Christianity, but when did Christianity become so selfish and so self-centered that we can't see the needs that exist in other uh, aspects of our community and recognize that it is our responsibility to be our brothers' and our sisters' keepers. keepers?
1: Exactly.
0: Okay, that's my rant for today.
1: But I'm listening. I'm learning. As...
0: As a business person, as a mentor, we had Byron Wade in here a couple of yeah. sessions back, and I know that he works with, with your company. Yes. And he talks about how uh, acting is something that he just loves. It, it's, yeah. it's his delight. Yeah. He feels like it helped to save his life yes. because he was on a different track. He says for, that all for, the for, time. For yes. and, and, and you played a role in turning his yeah. life around. And there can be more stories yeah. like that if we were more supportive of Absolutely. one another. And I just wonder, what is it going to take for us to recognize that Christianity is not something that we merely talk about. It's something that we have to live and we have to yeah. employ. You're right. Oh, you got to say more than... that. <laughs> I need more than just that.
1: (laughs) You know, I mentioned earlier, and I I, I think I learned this maybe my freshman year when I started into my theater courses. And and I would hear my professor, theater is a slice of life. If you live it, we can present it. Mm -hmm. We, we, We started this whole thing and upstage and I and I and, and you'll hear my actors we bring it from the page to the stage I tell them that we bring it from the page to the stage we'll take it from the from the page and we'll bring it to the stage we'll 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 develop it we'll do what we need to do I embrace I, I tell the, the, they laugh at me passes me if I tell them I'm like the Statue of Liberty she said bring me your tired your poor your huddle masses yes ma'am. I said come to me if you have a willing heart, if you wanna learn, come, just come. And Byron Wade was one of those young men. He was in my class, he and, and I and I'm sure he's gonna hear this and he knows this because I always tell him that that's his testimony. He was going this way and I was trying to get him to, to come this way. And I said, Boy, I said, come here. Mm-hmm. I, said, I think you I think you'll do okay. He's like, oh no, no. I said, no, I think you can you can really do this. And he came. He said, i am just do it just because I'm in your class, and I, I want to pass your class, Dr. T. And, and he just—he had that spirit, mm-hmm. and he wanted to learn. He was hungry. And from that, I watched him grow, not only Byron, so many others that have gone on. I have a young man in New York right now. I have a man that's kind of touring the country. Um, I, and, 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 and it, it feels so good when they can send you a text message or they call you and say, Dr. T, I'm in France, Dr. T, I'm doing this. I'm do-. And the ones that are still here locally, I can call on them. You know, if we, again, as I said earlier, if the church can embrace this, the arts all of the time, mm-hmm. because every. Young person, male in this church, is not going to play football or basketball. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they like art. They may be ashamed to say it because they right. may say, oh, well, you know, I like to paint. But, but that's a part of that artistic expre- expression that we can embrace as a people, as a church. We play a role in this because I tell my students all the time, and I call them my students when they come I tell them all the time. Jesus taught him parables. Those right. were stories. Right. He had to paint a picture yes. to get his point across. Well, good teacher. Why do we, you know, and Jesus broke it down into terms, right. you know, so oftentimes they'll come and I'll say, okay, you know, uh, when we do our warm-up sessions sometime, I'll say, okay, well, let's do this. Or let, let's let act it out. Tell us, what, tell us what you mean. They'll say, well, I can't really put it in. Okay, show us what you mean. Mm-hmm. And we're working. I'm so glad I'm thinking about this now, but we're working. I studied a couple of summers in New York with playback theater. And playback theater is a form of drama therapy where we have a storyteller that would pull someone from the audience that will mm-hmm. come up and I may pull you from the audience and just ask you questions about your day and you and I were talking earlier and you were telling me you know, you had to go to Port Hudson and blah I would listen to you as the storyteller and then we would reenact your story Really? On stage. Yes, that's called playback Okay. and so I'm getting this playback team together and it is amazing once you see it and you tell a person your story and they just portray that story right and it's impromptu so it's nothing scripted it's nothing rehearsed they're listening and I was just so fortunate to be able to go to New York to study with this group simply because I met them during Hurricane Katrina Mm -hmm. and they were touring this part and a young lady stopped by my theater one day because she had attended a play and she lives in Lafayette, and she said, this black box theater would be perfect. She said, we would love, and she started telling me, and I said, that's interesting. So they came, had an opportunity to come to to Upstage, And they presented it, and he met my husband, met Terrence, and we had a wonderful, just a wonderful, he said, let me tell you something, I want you to come and study with us. Gave me a scholarship, had an opportunity to study with them. Playback is awesome, and until you see it, it's just unbelievable. So that's a form of drama therapy. Again, the arts, we're embracing the arts.
0: Tell me about the therapy part. The therapy I I understand the drama part, and I can imagine it would be interesting to to watch your story that you have just given. Yes played out by somebody else. But, but you use the term therapy, which leads me to believe that in some way these are people who are troubled or broken, who are in need of yes. some kind of assistance. Yes,
1: young people. <coughs> um, and I was thinking in terms of the discipline center, those students who are in discipline center mm-hmm. therapy. When I was in New York, we had two um, gentlemen that were in the work release program that w- had been in prison. They started that inside of the prison. And that was a form of therapy because a lot of them was in anger management. Okay. You know, uh, same thing with young people. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, two two teams that I know, one in New Jersey and one in New York, they host every year seminars for they go into um, um, orphanage in, in New York, um, prisons, prisons. Um, and they do workshops for corporations, and I know one of them was the Transit Authority uh, New York, and they called it therapy because um, you may have this employee that's going through anger management mm-hmm. or, okay, that's a part of the group that they would go in and they would work with that group. Okay. And, and that's the, 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 the therapy part of it.
0: So I tell you my story. Yes. And you and your team will reenact on the spot, impromptu, yes. the story that I have just conveyed yes. to you. Do I get to comment on the reenactment?
1: After or? After they finish, then they will. The, the storyteller will come back to you and ask questions about. And what you will do is, now, as you tell me your story, right. okay, um, the conductor will say, okay, Pastor Fred Jeff Smith just told us his day was, this and he did this and he had to go this. Well, by the time he, so they're listening. There are four actors and they're only listening to what the conductor, the information that the conductor has conveyed. Okay. Then the conductor will say, "Fred Jeff Smith, who would you like to play you?" And you will pick one of the actors to play you. The only props that are used are different color scarves on the stage, and that's it. And you see it; it's it's amazing. You would have to actually see it performed. Yeah. Sounds like something
0: that yes. I would really like to. Yes. Yes. And witness.
1: we are we are getting. I'm getting that team together, and we're going to get playback going, um, so that this this will be will be the only team in Louisiana.
0: We will be the only team in Louisiana. Keep me in. Yes, as to I your will progress. do that. I'd love to be a part. Yes. Of that. Yes to see my story played (laughs) back too fast. Uh, Just a
1: day, uh, just a day in your office, something that on your way, you stopped and got lunch. You know, I had a flat
0: tire. You know, it's just
1: something and and you'll just see it and it's so refreshing. Well,
0: one of the things that I find interesting (laughs) as I'm sitting here listening to you talk about it, I'm I'm wondering how the conductor Mm -hmm. and the actors are picking up on the emotions that I, you know, you you can tell the events of a day, yes, and uh, the emotions that are attached to each one of those events that's the training, are very Pastor important, Smith. yes. And 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 that's why I asked, do I get to comment on what I have seen? And you say at the end, at the because end. I'd, I'd be curious as to whether or not the emotions that I felt as I experienced it are conveyed to me through. the the, the rehearsal of of, of what I had gone through. That, to me, would be very, very, very interesting.
1: Again, it's it's keywords, it's the training, and it is how the conductor, how you give your information, you tell your story to. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, I'm looking at your facial expression. Mm -hmm. I'm listening at the inflection and the intonation of your voice, how you're emphasizing certain things, your mannerism, your hands. I have to listen carefully. And then I'm going to convey that information to my four actors that's behind me.
0: What's the relationship that you see? I'm, ch- I'm, I'm turning the page. That's that's <laughs> interesting. But I'm turning the page to something else. Uh, uh, as you attend worship, whether it be here, you're a member here now, but before yes. you remember here, you're member of another church. Yes. Uh, as you see worship, uh, and, and particularly, and, and this is not stereotypical, this is just a fact, mm-hmm. worship has a theater aspect to it. Yes, it does. Um when you come into a worship experience, are you critiquing the worship from a theater standpoint? <laughs> because, the, the, I mean, this is what you do. And, 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 and part of what we try to do in worship is to evoke a certain feeling, a, yes. to, to, to generate a certain emotion. And so I'm wondering, as, as an expert in theater, are you sitting back there watching saying, oh, that's a C minus, <laughs> or that's a B? <clears throat> What do you think about that?
1: Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, and you know, it's my training, right? And 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 it, I'm not going to say it's difficult, but oftentimes, you know, it's it's certain things that can become aggravating, and mm-hmm. you can sit there and say, "Oh gosh, why?" You know, um, and then other times, you know, it it depends on. Maybe the music or, you know, you're listening to the announcement or a person that walks up or, you know, you in your mind you're looking at this from a different aspect, maybe from everyone else sitting right. around you. Right. And it does happen. And I try to always be, you know, with an open mind when I come to service and not in my critique mode mm-hmm. because I, I, I don't want that to be on my mind. <laughs> <laughs>
0: from now on, I'm going to be looking back there where you sit and while worship is going I'm going to I will be trying to read your face to say, all right, h- how am I doing right now? And you
1: know, that's something my mom says all the time. She says, you know, you have to be careful with the expression on your face, that, mm-hmm. you know, because people read your face, and that's so true. Yes. That's true, yes. you know. Yes. And we try to to leave that and, you know, come and worship with the right mind mm-hmm. and right spirit. And, you know, but like I, I don't think don't. that it's necessarily
0: a bad thing that there be some theater, yeah, oh, definitely in, in, in worship, yeah. Uh, uh, I think that just as theater seeks to evoke emotion, yes, uh, the worship experience is designed on some level to evoke emotion for for, for differing ends, yes, or different ends, I yes. should say. Yes, uh, But but still, the the desire is that when people leave, they leave with something. of an emotional feeling that can sustain them as they go forward. Exactly. I imagine that's what you want when people leave one of your places, Exactly. And it's what we desire when people leave one of of our worship pages.
1: And we want you to want more. You know, um, I know sometimes pastors will do a two-part series. You right. know, and and oh, I got to I got to see. You know, uh, when you watch a movie, sometimes there's a sequel, and right. you want it. You know, and and I want more. Or you know that it was something that the, the, the song the choir sang today. You know, I wish they would sing that song again. I'm gonna. But you 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 leave and you want more. Mm-hmm. It's it's something. You know, my grandmother used to say. You know, you need that for the week. Right. You know, it gives you that for the week. Right. And so when you leave church or when you leave the theater, you leave because you want a little bit more, yeah. you know, yeah. and I've had people to come to a show and they'll come back the next night and yeah. say, you know what? I, I needed to, to kind of go let that, right. I need to hear that again to, to get, cause I didn't quite get that ending, yeah. but don't tell me what it is. I want to come back and see it again. Yeah. And same thing with worship. Yeah. yeah.
0: My mother used to say, it's better that they leave with you wanting more yes. than they leave saying you should have stopped tipping. Us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah.
1: Exactly, exactly. Yes.
0: This has been interesting. Yes. And, and, and it, it has been delightful. Um, Certainly. As, as I get ready to, to wrap this up, uh, tell me what, what you see uh, from your vantage point, uh, dare I say, as a senior in the Baton Rouge community, a spiritual woman, a business woman, uh, an educator, a wife, a mother. Uh, what do you see as the future of the Baton Rouge community for African American young people? Because I see a lot of African American young people who, the moment they get their degree, they leave here they again, and they go to find their lives someplace else. Yeah.
1: I really want to see the city flourish a little bit more in in, in, in regard to mm-hmm. sustaining the arts, sustaining um their livelihood. Our young people that are leaving to pursue careers in Los Angeles, uh, New York, or Chicago, or what have you. Not mm-hmm. necessarily the arts, but, right. you know, they're they are leaving. And I've been in Baton Rouge 35 years now, I think, and I've, I've seen Baton Rouge change. Of course, when I first moved here, you know, there were no stores open on Sunday right. and, and that kind of thing. But I really wish, and then at some point, it was like we were at a, you know, at here, and now we're here, we're losing a lot that I think we could embrace more, that we could provide more opportunities, uh, employment-wise, the arts, education system, whereby we would not lose our young people, our up-and-coming artists, our educators, you know. Mm -hmm. We would not lose them to other states. And Mm -hmm. I don't think that our community right now is really embracing that. I think that we're overlooking a lot of talent that we hear Again, I'm not specifically talking about the arts when I'm talking about talent, but mm-hmm. just so much more that we're losing them because I don't think we're really embracing them and we're not really showcasing what we actually have right here. And I would really like to see Pastor Smith just a huge convocation of young people doing fabulous things and showcasing what we really have Mm -hmm. that we want the world to see not just Baton Rouge, that we want the world to see if it's on ABC or NBC, Terrence or BET or whatever. <laughs> but this is happening in Baton Rouge, Louisiana right now, ladies yes. and gentlemen, yes. you know, that we can just have this fabulous influx of people that we will be able to keep our people here. Because what you need, we have it here. And I don't think we are, we are providing that to maintain the level that we should in our community. And I kind of see it dwindling a little bit, more so with jobs. And I noticed, even when before I go, even I noticed with our education majors, mm-hmm. I remember when I was teaching at Southern about 11 or so years ago, education majors, you know, they were like 30, 40, and it was dwindling, 15, 10 majors majoring in education from that university. Right. You know, so we're not majoring in education. Our teachers are dwindling because we're leaving and we're going elsewhere to pursue our careers. Yeah. So I want us to embrace that more and, and, you know, and and provide more opportunities to maintain our young people so that they can stay here and they will be able to be a part of our community, to build our community.
0: To thrive. To thrive. Here.
1: In Baton Rouge, the yes. capital city. I agree. Yes, sir.
0: Dr Turner thank you for spending Thank you some so time much for having us today me. thank you for thank viewing you. thank you for listening we'll be back next time